0: Everybody likes to hear the standards, (laughs) you know, and to hear them reinterpreted. And I think walking that line between something that's even cheesy or cliched or expected, Mm -hmm. but just having it vibrate with a little bit of something that's new is, sometimes that's the goal and that's the most successful thing.
1: From Stockholm Studios in Bushwick, Brooklyn, this is The LPV Show, a weekly discussion from the world of photography and photo books. Here's your host, Brian Formals. Well, I hope everyone who's listening is having a good day. We're uh, here with Gus Powell.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, we're excited. I'm a long time long time fan, me too. Yeah we just probably one of the first guys on in public that I saw the photos and was like, that's what I want to do. Those are good. <laughs> I like that stuff. And then the lunch pictures, obviously was a big inspiration for me. So we're, we're excited. We have a, I'm really excited that we got to take a look at your the new book that's coming out, The Lonely ones. So, so yeah, that's it's coming gonna, out through JNL, right?
0: It's another, the first book I did with JNL, and this will also be with JNL, and uh, we're printing in uh, May, and uh, probably we'll get the first copies back sort of, I mean, I think we're basically going to launch the book at the beginning of fall. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm really excited because it's, you know, it's a body of work that I've been working on for a long time, and uh, pictures from all over the place. Mm-hmm. It has a connection to the street work from before, but it's also very, very different too, and uh um, sort of seeing the overlap between the two is the most interesting mm-hmm, thing for mm-hmm. me, and then also trying to figure out what's going to happen next, too. Right. So.
1: And this is you you kind of pushing further along with using text in a different way as well, too, on this one. Absolutely. Because I know yeah. the lunch pictures were, you know, influenced by, oh, who's the poet? What's his name? Frank O'Hara. Frank O'Hara. Yeah, yeah. Arthur, Arthur,
0: Arthur. No, so there's always been this kind of relationship to literature to some degree and to storytelling and, and to a certain degree not interested in uh, that traditional... A picture is about a specific moment in time uh-huh. and place, um, but wanting it to be more about emotions and a specific emotion, right. you know. Right. So uh, yeah, that whole you know the lunch pictures really were inspired by Frank O'Hara's mm-hmm. book of lunch poems, which you know he went out into Midtown in the middle of the day, and rumor has it he wrote these poems at the typewriter showroom on uh-huh. Fifth Avenue, and uh, and mm-hmm. they too are not documentary poems. They really are you know he, he observations that he saw, but then also about his plans, you know, for the night ahead, what mm-hmm. happened the night before, um, and just quick. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, You know, I, I got that book, and it was sort of a license for me, that there's enough for me to work right. with, just in that little bit of time. Um, to make something and to see something. And it's, yeah. you know, they're not about lunch, you know, and they're not even about my lunch, but they're really about trying to sort of get a finger hold of something and to feel something just in that little bit of time.
1: Yeah, and I like how it it does associate to a specific time of the day. You know what I mean? And it brings you there in that, that sense, and I always like time and location kind mm-hmm. of things, how they work together, and then with the language as well too. So on The Lonely Ones, I mean, The Lonely Ones, you're, you're kind of, I mean, you're setting the tone right away with the title <laughs> of the book. I mean, it is... It is a quiet, quiet book, and it is a contemplative book. And it's, um, I feel like it's there's more landscape pictures in it, and you're mixing up things. It's not just the street, and even the street stuff is a, is a little bit they're quieter moments. Mm -hmm. People are deeper into the frame, so I feel like it is aesthetically it is it is you can see the similarities, but I feel it is different too. It's a big
0: uh, departure. I mean, again, you know, I think your community is a photo community, so some of this can be talked about with that in mind. So, you know, when I was making those uh the street pictures, I mean it was all thirty-five millimeter, thirty-five millimeter lens. Um and, you know, that distance, that speed. You know, and then I started working with that Mamiya camera and the six by seven. I thought I would just make different versions of those same types of pictures, but it's it's tricky. You know, like the hyperfocal distance is different. You know, the, the the way things move by you is different. It's uh And, you know, I started letting my subjects get farther and farther away. Uh And the landscape started to sort of be a bigger part of the story. Um, But I still was paying attention to gesture and light and timing and movement. But it was, you know, there's that moment when I think I realized that, you know, these aren't necessarily about If the lunch pictures and if uh, one of my big excitements about those types of photographs seen there is is combining people who have no reason to be together for brief moments and forcing them into a relationship that will now last forever (laughs) um with these other pictures it's just the idea became very different you know because i just wasn't working with that speed and combining that many many elements um and i just kept getting farther and farther away (laughs) yeah um and the touchstone for me was that I, I was making the pictures about it. I didn't know what they would all, how they would all stick together. Mm-hmm. And there was a book by this artist, William Steig called mm-hmm. The Lonely Ones, which was a book from 1942 of uh, drawings, captioned drawings. And it's just a book I always loved. And what happened is I sort of had this memory of a, a poetry teacher from college who, who brought up this, this issue of when you know, you're struggling to figure out what you're trying to say. Pick an, an existing form that has very tight rules, because it's going to limit the decisions you can make. You're going to have to go left or right. You're going to have to sort of make these words rhyme, and the number of words you can choose, you know, is limited. So I sort of just had this moment that I'm going to do a cover album of William Steig's The Lonely Ones. Nice. You know, and the way this sort of began was that I just I loved this book, and it's such a weird book. I mean, it's drawings. It's uh, it was it, it was Quite successful in 1942 mm-hmm. I mean it went into like 16th printings, and, and uh, you know you and they're, they're very dark. I mean the, the, mm-hmm. the captions on them are, are things like, "You know, "Mother loved me, but she died."
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> right, right, right.
0: Who are all those okay. others? Uh-huh. Let the leader of the cult uh-huh. do the worrying uh-huh. you know so humorous but kind of dark, and I felt connected to that sort of uh-huh. language. I mean I think there's humor is a part of my photography, but there is loneliness uh, and there is isolation, and there's just ponderous right. you know, right. which I think anybody who walks around with a camera has to some degree. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, we've tropes, we just a couple of weeks ago with Paul Kwiatkowski, we were talking about tropes and how he, you know, he, he was talking about his book that he made, which is coming of age book. And he was really apprehensive about making a coming of age book, but he's like, listen, I'm going to make the one that I want to read and use that trope, you know? And I think like a lot of times photographers try to run away from the tropes or the cliches mm-hmm. or the, the formats. And I'm, the more I've gotten into deep argument, it's like that. Those can be your friend, exactly how you're saying, because they force limitations on you. And once you have certain boundaries to it, mm-hmm. then you know you're It's almost like a freedom, right?
0: Everybody likes to hear the standards, <laughs>
1: right.
0: you know, and to hear them reinterpreted. And I think walking that line between something that's even cheesy or cliched or expected, mm-hmm. but just having it vibrate with a little bit of something that's new is, right. Sometimes that's the goal, and that's the most successful thing. Often you fail, you know, (laughs) photography is just, you know, it's so immediate and it works so well at, you know, ironing a whole bunch of things that just fall flat and, you know, you can put the four corners around anything and it can sort of just end up as another noun, you know? And for me, what's exciting is when you make these pictures that are verbs, Uh you know, there's just Uh something alive in them. Um, but it's just such a fine line. And I think, you know, I, I teach as well. One of the things I often talk about is just like, you can't be, you can't just hide from the cheesy stuff and hide from, Mm -hmm. you know, those existing forms. I think you have to sort of, just cozy right up next to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and try to make them your own, you know. Because yeah. uh, I also think, from an audience standpoint, you know, it's like people want to hear the standards. If they know how to sort of interpret something, then they can get engaged, you right. know. And then you have to teach them how they have to read it differently or think about it differently, you know. I mean, that's again part of what happened with the Lonely Ones is, I, you know, throughout the more I look back on my career, there's always been language involved. You know, the work I did right. back in high school and even in college. Um, but it's a tricky thing. How do you combine words and image, and uh, especially in a in book format? When does it yeah. just feel like it's a caption or, or a title? Or right. you know, we all know how to read, and you know, you start at the left and you go to the right, or you start at the right and you go to the left, depending on where you yeah, come yeah, from yeah, and yeah, what yeah. T- the language yeah. is. But you know how to get those words and think that you understand it. Whereas we don't necessarily uh, know how to read pictures as easily. Yeah,
1: exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've uh, I've struggled with the language in photos a bit as well too. I mean, the whole reason I even came into photography was because of writer's block and Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a screenwriter and I couldn't do it so and I I was I kind of the more I've been thinking about it is like have I just this entire time still been trying to make the movie or write the screenplay and maybe I got distracted by photography sure I don't know and but the more I've really think about it and this is obviously you're out on the long walks too and you got a lot of stuff going in your head Mm -hmm. and you're synthesizing ideas Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out what you're doing and I'm like well maybe I am starting to finally combine a few different these elements, you know, cinema, mm-hmm. like screenwriting and photography and these things, so I'm kind of just like allowing it to go. But I, I in terms of writing, and the, the recent dummy I did for, for Skyway, I ended up writing a whole bunch of stuff. I had like notes and notes and notes from all my journeys and I had like three pages of text and I, I showed it around to people and it just wasn't, the vibe wasn't getting there. And the more I read it, it wasn't there, and it got really complicated. So I ended up just removing it down to, like, one tagline. The way I pitched the story was, like, I wanted to take a flight from LaGuardia to JFK, but since that's not possible, I decided to walk. Mm-hmm. And, like, right there, it just says everything that I was trying to yeah, do yeah, yeah. in it. So some a lot of times it is also just, like, photography, editing, you know, and removing the words and finding out that exact kind of, pace and where they belong and it drives you crazy. So I was going to ask you in the lonely ones how long did it take you to write?
0: Well, you know, so I started it mm-hmm. and really did think of it as a cover album and I and I used all of Stig's uh, captions. Oh, really? And it began with his captions and then I just dropped and then I literally oh. let the two things sort of uh, coexist without even paying too much attention because his captions were so sort of pregnant and yeah. uh, and and just they really could kind of go up against anything, and something would happen. And a lot of these pictures too perform in a, almost in the stock photography like way. You know, it sounds like a like why would somebody who's trying to make art call their <laughs> work stock photography? <laughs> right. But in the sense that it, it gives you an impression and a feeling, but it doesn't necessarily say, you know, Paris or New York or you know, right. it, it, the it, there's something that's open ended with all these pictures too. So it started by just putting all of those into a visual sequence and then letting them coexist with Stag's captions. Then I went through a route of trying to get permission and that didn't work out. And then I just sort of realized it's it's a little bit what you're talking about. You just keep going through the process Mm -hmm. and revisiting it. And then I realized I had to write the language. I needed to own the language myself. Um, So I ended up writing these captions that I think very much are in the tradition of his types of captions. but they're mine, you yeah. know, and they're also, they, some of them are found. Some of them have been collected the same way we collect photographs. It's a little thing you overhear. I yeah. mean, you know, and also some of the things that are just, they're just known. They're statements yeah. that you hear people say, you know. Yeah, that's Mis- great. Mistakes were made, you know, that's <laughs> one of them. You yeah, know, It's yeah. just like, who do, that doesn't really belong to anybody. Uh-huh. But uh, you put that up against a specific picture and it does something different, yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And also just this delivery system of the gatefold, too, to sort of separate the two so that to a certain degree all of the language can exist In one way, and all the pictures can exist in one way, and then the two can kind of flutter back and forth.
1: Yeah, I really like that uh, appropriation aspect to it, too. Like, so it's mixing in like the found, the found free. I mean, it's almost, do you ever feel, and this just kind of came to me, like at any point where you would work with appropriated images or dig into that kind of aspect of it, is, or do you always feel like you have to go out and make the pictures yourself? I
0: think I would. I mean, I'm not against it at all. I mean, It sounds weird. In some ways, I almost feel like I'm appropriating for myself, you know, because (laughs) it's like, you know, the the original convictions that were behind the making of some of these pictures and the way I originally thought about them. I mean, some of them are are a bit older and then others were made very recently and sort of, you know, they've even had different titles at different times and been parts of different bodies of work. But now it's it's this thing, you know what I mean? And, you know, I think we also like all of us make a picture that we think means one thing or is part of one thing but then as we live with it and we grow and something else happens it, it's it's meaning and its place yeah uh, absolutely changes. i mean i love
1: it's we'll get into this in the second part on one of the books you talk about but another one of the themes that come up on the show all the time is archives mm-hmm. and how photographers are constantly kind of reinterpreting their archives or digging into and seeing you know what they can pull together mm-hmm. and i really firmly believe that there's no reason this photo just cuz it exists in this book and this that context can't be put somewhere else sure. 10 20 yep. 35 years later. Yeah, yeah. Who, who, yeah. who knows? You know, I, I, I suppose photographers probably have been doing that all along. But I feel like these days, I don't know, maybe there's more of a, a concept of the value in the archive and the way where you can kind of mix and match it in different ways, you know?
0: Well, I also, I just think that, uh, you know, I mean, you guys probably know the numbers better than me about how many photographs are made and uploaded every day. <laughs> right, right. right? And then you look at that 10 years ago, and 10 years before that, and 10 years before that, and it's just mind boggling in terms of mm-hmm. just seeing that. So to me, like the, there's less of a value. I mean, literally, I do think that the role of the photographer has been kind of devalued. Whereas I think the value of the curator, the value of somebody who knows what the, the importance of a picture is, knows how to use that picture in a compelling way to be a part of something bigger than just a singular image that somebody either does or doesn't tap twice and moves on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everybody has to, you know, it's, you know, we go out and we curate the world with our cameras. Initially, we say yes to one part and no to another, and we organize it, and we decide to return another day back to that space or to linger at a certain spot. Or, you know, again, this is speaking about the practice of the, you know, the bipedal photographer right, who goes right, out right, right. into the world. Um, but then there's that life at mm-hmm. the light table at the, or at the screen or you know, with the contact sheets or whatever the whatever it is that you use to sort of analyze your work. Um, And it's just a whole other part of the process that still is very difficult to teach. It's very difficult to learn. You know, I think we all have had days when we go to our contact sheets and we see them clearly, and then other days when we're just disappointed about all the stuff we missed.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think what clicked for me was that editing was always painful, and I just finally taught myself enjoy the pain. (laughs) Like (laughs) like, you had just like you almost have to like you have to enjoy editing and sitting there and grunting it out and editing pictures and like knowing your own photographs yep. just intimately. And sure. that's painful because you keep looking at the same stuff like over and over again, you, you're looking for ideas, but you have to sit there and Well, do it's it that mirror face, crazy.
0: right? Yeah. You know, like you, that face we all make when we see ourselves in the mirror.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: You know, my wife will yeah. see me in the mirror. She'll say, why are you making that face? Yeah. Like you, <laughs> only, you know you don't look anything like that. You only make that yeah. face when you look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. And I, there's a little bit of that happens when you look at a contact sheet. It's mm-hmm. just like... Uh, <laughs> it's not you know but then like you know i feel like it happens maybe once a year where there's that day when like i look at my contact sheets as if they were the street itself mm-hmm. you know and you're just there and it's just you know you respond to it as if it's happening at that moment and you're so glad to be there with yeah. it
1: mm-hmm.
0: it usually lasts for about six or <laughs> eight minutes <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. then like it, and then you're back yeah, to sort yeah, of you, you know go. trying to figure out how to make different things work and and seeing pictures that don't belong to you that maybe belong to somebody yeah, else right. and and all that i mean i've always wanted to I really feel like you could do these endeavors where you could take you know, huge amounts of contact sheets from one artist and hand them off to another and just make them try to find their own pictures.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. That's and, and to
0: see what would happen with that. I mean, some of this has been done. I know there was yeah. this, uh, I think there's a Lee Friedlander portfolio where he, he, he curated, I think it was like Gray Elephant or something like that, was the people who did this portfolio of all pictures that he selected from Walker Evans' archive.
1: Oh, nice. Nice. And
0: it's, you know, beautiful prints, but it's a very specific group of pictures. Yeah. And it's really interesting because it's like, oh, so that. That's that was what your transmission was from. That's what you received from Evans and, and right. did something with. Or those are the songs that you decided to really try to learn how to sing. Um, whereas you know, other people took other yeah. things from him. I mean, so
1: yeah, I think that's kind of a good segue. And I've always you know, kind of want, been curious to talk to somebody who's worked with him. But Jason Fulford. I mean, I, there's a lot of. It took me a while to warm up to his stuff, and when I finally got raising frogs for money. I was like, what of, where? of course, this is what I'm, this is what I like. And my friend Hin Chua kind of gets even more, like, bold. He's like, the people that I tend to enjoy associating with in terms of photographers always end up in Fulford's camp somehow. <laughs> so I just, I would be remiss if I didn't ask what it was like to work with him. I mean, because he makes amazing books, and I think he's just, for a lot of people that are doing... This type of photography and focusing on photo books, he's you know he's one of the guys that's really nailing it. So what was he? What's he like to work with?
0: Well, Jason's great. I mean, we we met. Uh, I was working as a photo editor at at uh, the New Yorker, and uh, he was in one of those PDM thirties, you know, thirty emerging photographers. And like every good editor, you could sort of like go through that issue and you call in the people who you were interested mm-hmm. in sort of meeting. And I was working a lot on the fiction pieces then when we were trying to use photographs. Um, to illustrate pieces of fiction, and mm-hmm. and Jason had already sort of begun to do a lot of book jackets and that work, and he came in and we immediately got along, and it was also one of these things where I sort of drew a line in the sand of whether or not I let people know that I also was taking pictures, mm-hmm. and I think I really remember vividly. I think you know Jason was one of the first people I just immediately told, and there just was like a a kindred spirit mm-hmm. thing, and we just the relationship began very quickly, um, and. Uh, you know, he had, he had done Sunbird, his his first book, mm-hmm. and then he was just beginning to create uh, J&L. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was one of the first people that I showed uh, the lunch pictures to. And it was just, you know, looking at books, talking about books. What can a book be? You know, why mm-hmm. should it be a book? You know, and also how do you make it be something different too? You know, it's like this isn't, you know, and in some ways I think this work is, you know, I, I don't know that, that, uh, Jason and I have a lot of overlap in the types of pictures we make, mm-hmm. but I think the reasons why we make pictures and the reasons why we believe in photography and believe in books, there's a lot of overlap. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the glue, I think, between all the artists that end up uh, in his books. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit of sort of seriousness and mystery and surrealism and uh, and playful. I mean, there's all those, you know, somebody once said the JNL books feel a lot like children's books. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's kind of a great, thing yeah 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 for sure <laughs> you know but they're like children books for adults you know i mean yeah. you look at where, this sort of directory that i've gone to where i've like taken a book by an mm-hmm. illustrator that was like did illustrated he did a lot of things for kids i mean mm-hmm. william Snag is most famous for for doing shrek right you
1: know right, but right. meanwhile
0: he did all this other stuff um but jason's just great it's just like mm-hmm. you, you don't kind of know what the next thing's going to be that mm-hmm. comes from them you know and uh it just keeps going too. So.
1: so, is he really hands on on the editing and the selecting of pictures? And he's, you're right there battling it out. And I think
0: it's project to project. Uh-huh. You know, he he. You know, he all the people he works with. I think there's a different relationship for every single uh-huh. book. You know, um, so it just I think it varies. There isn't one way. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was I got now I got to try to get my hands on like some of his other books too, and I. I On the Raising Frogs for Money, I hear, like, the Cliff Notes book is, Mm -hmm. like, the part, like, you really got to get your hands on that to kind of understand it. And now I'm like, well, where do I find this? So I kind of like that element. Well, he also, the
0: great thing with with Hotel Oracle, too, I think the events he's done surrounding the book are just as important Mm -hmm. as the book. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. same way, like, the actual... The pictures are important, but turning them into a book and then having events around them, all of that is important. Yeah. You know, so yeah. he's done, I think he did uh, 12 events, like all over the, the world, essentially, for oh, Hotel really? Oracle. Uh, and each one of them making unique objects oh. that were associated with the events as well. So it's. Uh,
1: man, where's he located? Is he out in.
0: He's in Scranton, is where he's based. Scranton oh, PAs. Really?
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. There's like, I got to get to go down to Pittsburgh because Ed Pinar is down there yeah, yeah. too, and Melissa, and they yep. just bought. The the building, and they have they bookstore in the corner there. Yeah. So yeah, maybe PA, there's a lot happening there. But yeah, I would definitely want to go down, because Ed's another one of the guys. Have you met there. Ed? Or no? Yeah, I yeah. met him once, finally, at the, the Aperture had a little book thing uh-huh. once ago. And he was there, and finally got to meet with him and talk to him after like knowing him on the internet like everyone else. And then you meet him and <laughs> or couldn't stop talking. Yeah, with Ed, you have
0: to see his early videos. He has these amazing videos oh, he really? did in uh, high school, where I think him and his best friend would dress up in these costumes and go to mcdonald's they (laughs) they had a public access tv show i mean it's like talk about archive ed has a whole other archive of all the different things he does and uh yeah no i like it a lot yeah
1: when he yeah he showed me he's like i gotta show you this thing it was called um like google what was it google google street review saw me and it was just he the it was the bing car but like no, he's like Street View saw me or something like that, and it was just a sequence of photos from Street View when he was like walking down an alley taking pictures, <laughs> and he found him on the the Bing Street View. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like that's what he gave me. I'm like, what the heck, you know? So I feel like he's as always, a printed object. You mean? As yeah, a, yeah, it was a little. Yeah, 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 and it was like an edition of twenty or something. Sure, like, of course I'm going to buy that. Yeah, <laughs> so he's yeah, he's a funny. I will. We, we've been planning on going down to Pittsburgh at some point. Mm-hmm. So we know some people there, but. Yeah, he's a good guy. So, are you? and We just looked at some prints too. But you're still very active in shooting in shooting street street in Manhattan, right? In I am. Kind. You know, there was.
0: You know, there definitely was. Uh, you know, so so I had all that 35 millimeter Leica work that is what uh, the lunch pictures mm-hmm. and the Company of Strangers book is 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 all made of. And then I kind of segued into working with the Mamiya for a while. And then I, you know, I did get kind of lost in the sort of like the digital. World, you know, because mm-hmm. all of my editorial and commercial work became digital. Uh, the rhythm of practice changed because we, you know, we used to shoot film and then we'd go print things for jobs, and then you'd print things that was personal work as well, and all mm-hmm. that kind of came together, and then that got broken up because you know the technology changed. Um, so, it sort of took a while for me to embrace working on the street digitally, mm-hmm. um, and it's really just been the last few years that I've it's been happening again. So some of these pictures I bought are just, it's just the beginning of that. And, the, you know, I think they're they're very much connected to the pictures I was making before, but there's a different thing. I actually think it's sort of like the pendulum, you know, swung towards the landscape images based on the Lonely Ones, and now it's swung back in the other direction, and something's changed along the way. Um, so, yeah, it's, I'm still figuring it out. I'm not sure, you know, recently I've been titling this whole uh, body of work, which is like this idea that. You know, every single aspect of the production design is taken into account to Mm -hmm. tell the story. Um, And I look at these pictures and the ones that I really like, every little thing about the picture. Yeah, absolutely. Like Like everything, you know, the chewing gum and the fingernails and, you know, every gesture and the color rhythms. Some of them also just literally have, you know, the same sort of red pop up in different places and things like that. And and wanting to be accountable for every single thing that's Mm -hmm. in the frame.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's kind of – I feel like when you take enough of those pictures, you get to that point where it's like, okay, well, this, this is just a little off on, on yeah. this gesture or what have you, and then why not go and yep. take a bunch more pictures? But why don't you go out with the Mamiya in the city?
0: You know, I don't know. It just doesn't uh, – I don't know. <laughs> I think I did. You know, I did, yeah. and then that's when when I ended up making these pictures. I okay. became The Lonely Ones, uh-huh. and that was a different thing. So, I mean, you – I mean, you, I mean I, that's your uh, – your instrument of choice, right? Yeah,
1: the Mamiya 7 is yeah. these days. I can't, I've kind of given up on shooting the 35 millimeter street stuff in Manhattan because I just got to a point where it was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. This isn't, these aren't necessarily pictures. I like the one off random stuff, but I got deeper into like where I like this like whole mess of pictures from different sure. contexts. So I was like, if I'm just shooting in midtown Manhattan and I'm getting in close to these people and documenting them, why am I doing that? You know what I mean? And I didn't really have a justifiable answer. And Mm -hmm. I just felt more and more these days if there's a responsibility to the subject. Sure. You know? And and it is documentary photography. And I was like, is this really, am I really doing this with my full conviction? Mm -hmm. And I just got to the point where I said no. But it was also where I, you know, I started last year, I started going out to Long Island and shooting black and white with the medium format. And I got those pictures back and it was kind of, I really saw myself like that felt like more of who I was. And while I was nailing it, I just kind of embraced like maybe I'm just gonna be an old black and white landscape photographer and be fine with that, you know? Because yep. <laughs> I really like that process, but it's the same and it's interesting that you call this because it was I've been just kind of describing this it, a sad and lonely project going out the Long Island. And I kind of like it. I was just embracing that. But yeah, I, I you know, there's just something with using that camera and maybe for me getting out of the city now, I don't know. But I've been editing a bunch of pictures, 35 mil stuff that I shot in a story in Long Island City over the last two and a half years. And it was kind of one of those things, like, am I doing a project here, am I not? And it was like, you know, I go out every weekend for a couple hours in my neighborhood. And I finally got a big pile of the pictures. And I was like, okay, like if I'm going to end on doing like that kind of way of working, the 35 millimeter roaming around in a neighborhood, I feel like this is kind of the end of that. So what's weird is like I do all this editing stuff and I think people associate me with street photography mm-hmm. but in my head and in the stuff I'm compiling I'm like I'm out of that now sure. you know so I, I'm I kind of struggle with that but I do like these pictures I made in a story in Long Island City and I want to put them on and there's just street vibe too there's a lot of candid stuff but they don't they almost feel like older pictures of no you I, know I, what I mean I completely understand yeah.
0: that too some of it too is just uh like it's the daily practice. It's going to the gym as opposed to actually going to a competitive event. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it's exactly. Like, and, you, you know, you, and it's not just whether or not the camera's bigger uh, or whatever. Yeah. It's just like a different level of commitment in terms of what you're going for as opposed to, you know, so much of my work, uh, I, there are people who like have their project and they write, this is the project I'm going to set out to do this and that and I'll do that. And maybe there's a <laughs> timeline and here's the pre-visualized pictures and I know I want to do this and that. I don't do that with my personal work mm-hmm. at all. I mean, I, I write these ideas down sometimes, but they never, I never go there. I mean, we'll see, my life yeah. is changing and I, and I can imagine that trajectory being a bigger part of my future, mm-hmm. but it hasn't been my past at all, you know? And, you know, so even like this m- more recent set of street pictures, the locations are, have really just been determined by where I was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not, I didn't go to these places, you know? If I liked a place a little bit more, I might stay there longer, but it's mm-hmm. just, you know, or you choose to walk the long way home or, you know, to. to but it's, uh, they're exercises almost. Yeah. you know what I mean? And it's like, you, I'm making the most of what's right here. But at the same time, it's like, well, it is Houston and Broadway. And some, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. are you doing a project on no ho? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> that's awful. Yeah, like, yeah. I, it's like, I just, like, yeah. You know, I really don't want to. Yeah, my, you know, my latest work is all about NoHo. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, I just felt, <laughs> I kind of, it seems like I've sketched out the idea. I did my a Genesee project, which was essentially like my West Hollywood neighborhood, a little bit stretched out. So I've I've always had this thing where it's like the neighborhood or the area where I start, where I walk out my door. And then, so I feel like I tried to do it when I first got to New York, but it became something else because I was moving all around. And then when I finally moved to a story and I felt like, okay, I might be here for a while. I settled in. It's like, all right, let's. And I had like, same thing. I was shooting digital, like sure. digital 35 millimeter yeah. for the first time as opposed to film. So I was like, okay, let's. Let's maybe try this idea one more time with everything that I've learned and just really make like a two, three year thing of it and just going out on the Sundays and and taking the pictures and not really Mm -hmm. doing it. So it has, you know, it it feels like something is there, but in my head, it almost like that original impulse when I did it and it was like very energetic in California Mm -hmm like the real thing and now this almost feels like And I sh- maybe I shouldn't be describing my book this way <laughs> you know what I mean I'm really down it, but I, I just feel like conceptually it's like like I got it now now I can move on now mm-hmm. I, I'm walking around the neighbor. I get that I get that mm-hmm. way of working I like it yeah, I'm yeah. done with it I'm getting on trains now <laughs> I'm getting out of here you know yeah, yeah. so it's kind of you know just the way your head works sure. when you're working on stuff but
0: Well, you mature and you need, you know, it's not like you need a different high, but you just need a different way of working, you know, because in the beginning it's just, it is, uh, if, if that, if this type of photography that, you know, what we're all calling street photography, if, if that starts to do something to you. I mean there's no place you want to be other than on the sunny side of the street making those pictures. Yeah, Do you know exactly. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. A- yeah. And uh, even if the pictures don't work out, I mean for me still like the, the most exciting part of, of this work is like make is those moments, is pressing the button. Mm-hmm. Pressing the button. You know, like I smile when I'm making
1: pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Like I think I smile that way mm-hmm. only then. Nice. But then things change. You know, but it doesn't mean that the pictures are uh I, I I don't smile when I'm looking at them later <laughs> right. as much. It's, I mean, not the face I you make in the mirror. Sure. Yeah, it's no. different. It's not <laughs> the face that I. It's a different thing. But yeah. uh, that that pleasure, um, that way of working, of trying to organize life as it's like you know rushing by you is. Uh, it's such a specific feeling. Um, but then you mature, you know, like you, know, you meet other people.
1: <laughs> well, on that note, I think we're going to take a quick break, <laughs> and we're going to come back and talk about a few books that I'm excited about. We got we got good ones, this day, really good ones. Take a quick break. with doing all that internet stuff, is like I can do it for about an hour and a half. <laughs> Otherwise, I just get so depressed by looking at all the pictures.
0: Well, I don't know, you post stuff all the time. Yeah, I don't know how you see <laughs> so many. Well, that's things. it's all the
1: stream. It's all coming in. No, me, I know. So, like so you just pull through. them off. The, yeah, you grab them off the conveyor belt as they're coming yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. I'm not doing it. I have a friend like Mark Peter Drolet who does uh-huh. the deep research. He goes to everyone's website and like looks at every photo, yeah. and he's got files on everyone. yeah. And yeah. Just pulling he's off like trend- Stasi, like of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's. I mean, if it's out there, he's gonna try to find. And yeah. like, to me, that's a different level of editing than what I'm doing. He's really well, it's connected.
0: funny if you think about all this stuff relative to what we used to do with you know, like record hunters and book. Hunters. I mean, that's what we do every time. Time you go to a town, like you would, uh, you'd go to all the bookstores. Yeah, you know, yeah. like any you know, and then you'd see what books you could find, and, and you know, but not anymore. It's just
1: yeah. Well, I I mean, I mean the whole sort of crux of this. Part of the show is obviously we want to talk to people that are making books, mm-hmm. engage with photo books, and you know the people that are around New York. I've met quite a few people over my years here, but it's also like show me the book that you want to grab off sure. your shelf that you think you would want to show me, and how would I see this this book photo archives? I don't. I'm not even going to try to say his name. Yeah, Aki <laughs> Devries, maybe that something. Works. That's not bad. Um, you know, and you showed me this book, and right away when it said photo archives, it's almost like you synthesized. Some, one of the huge themes of what we talk about on the show and like that's almost like precisely what I'm into you know mm-hmm. I would how would I see this book if you didn't bring it and it's a beautiful little book I mean I really I thought it was interesting that you said you brought you like the small the small I've been books. really into
0: well there's a couple things it's you know should something really be a book at mm-hmm. this point you know what I mean you've just we were just talking about all these people who are encountering images and collecting them on their own and and uh you know, so much work is only going to be seen on people's phones and on screens. And uh, so does it really need to be a book? Do we need to kill the trees? Do we need to go through that process? <laughs> What's the value of that? Does it need to right. sit on a coffee table? So right. one of the things I've been interested in are books that really do something that only happens in your hand, oh. you know? Um, so this is one. Of, I mean, this is a weird book. I, I was in Amsterdam. I was doing a, a project with foam. And uh, there's a lot of really good bookstores. Uh, in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam, there's a lot of interesting publishers there. And, you know, with heavy, heavy design, you know, often too much design sometimes. But there's just a lot of value. I mean, you go to, you know, these bookstores, there's just all these artists you've never heard of with these extremely uh, designed, you know, capital designed books. But this is a little one that I just, it's like I touched it and I immediately, I think I'd looked at maybe three or four pictures of it. And oh. I was like, and then I just like took two copies off the shelf <laughs> and bought them. And, oh, and, and, nice. and it, it it's this... You know, the way it has this zigzag wraparound, you know, it's like, uh, you know, that whole thing. It's doing all these things that it can only happen in your hand. The nature of the pictures, too, they're sort of, they're, they're, you know, I get into this whole thing of dividing pictures into either nouns or verbs. And most of these are, you know, they're nouns. It's like a picture of a thing, but they all are charged with something. So I bought it. I didn't even read the stuff on the back. Essentially, it's, a, it's an archive of photographs that were all made by a sculptor. And I think the sculptor is actually is fairly well known in the Netherlands. But these are all pictures that were studies, uh, you know, collecting things, thinking about objects in space, you know, and how they exist, you know, and you know. So as photographers, we flatten these things all out. But this person was collecting these things to potentially reanimate them. And I don't even know what this person's sculptures are like. But that, that was the conviction behind it. And then it reminded me of these really great uh, photographs by Ellsworth Kelly mm. of, like, a, a flattened paper cup,
1: <laughs>
0: you know, right. or just the horizon line, the sagging line of a, uh, of a roof, and that Kelly just used that and ripped that off to make a painting mm-hmm. that just echoed that line. And he did a sculpture that was of that paper cup. So just that, you know, the conviction that that was what was behind all these pictures and that way of yeah. looking. And then choosing to design it in this sort of, like, the color changes all of it. You know, it's playful. Yeah. I mean, it could, it, you know, it's the it other could, copy I gave to Jason. Yeah, like, you this, know, it's yeah. like it could be a j l book. You know what I mean? think like, He got it. You know, it could be an Instagram feed, it too. It, it's totally. kind of like, it feels like that. Absolutely. It could easily be an Instagram yeah. feed or a Tumblr. But, you know, so how is it different as a book? I, you know, it I've is different. I've never seen pictures
1: on the edge of a page like yeah. that that yeah. continue. That wrap around, which yeah. I thought was oh. great.
0: You know, and the way that they chose to do it, too, that it's a continuous piece of paper. Yeah. There yeah. are people who've done that. I think yeah. it's that Box of Coup artist. What's that?
1: Um, you know Georgiev uh, Picasso that guy his yeah. his sidewalk does that the, that sounds right actually yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: That, it wraps around and does all it that it does stuff, it yeah, yeah.
1: but it, that's a really short book where yeah, each yeah. one's like a poem like it's 12 poems or something yeah. I can't remember yeah um, but I just want I'm going to read the back so they'll give everyone the context all photographs in this book were taken by Aki Devries, sculptor 1937 um, Netherlands as sketches for work during the period of 1995 to 2005 these photographs a selection from his photo archives show situations that are observed um, Cursorily traces caught in passing of actions human activity that once took place the photos don't explain anything but do reveal something I don't know about that last sentence, but uh, the rest of it was good. Yeah, know? that's where it got a little more conventional. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the back yeah, yeah. of a
0: book, you know, it, it didn't need to sell
1: itself uh, to yeah. me back there.
0: But it was—I liked knowing that. Yeah. And then, on then the other note too, which in terms of what i've tried to bring into my own practice mm-hmm. with with this new book is is trying to subvert the dominant pdf mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> right. like
0: to try and make a book that you can't send to someone as a pdf oh
1: that's interesting yeah
0: <laughs> you know so like this whole thing with all these gatefolds you know you tell people you wrote something and you really want to share it uh-huh. with them they're like yeah, yeah i'd love to see it can you just send me a pdf and it's like
1: i actually can't nice
0: because no. it doesn't work that way i mean yeah. i made a you know a pdf that had you know sort of implied the gatefolds and all that mm-hmm. but there's something about you know this experience of holding it mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we spend yeah, all this yeah. energy to put this picture in in to come up with a sequence when we know everybody picks it up and flips it from the back anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then eventually they actually sit down and, and go at it. Oh that's interesting. one Did at a time.
1: I do that? you go from the back I, well, I used, used to do that, that. Used, yeah. well, no, that's yeah. how you start. I mean you're yeah. at the bookstore, you're browsing it's yeah. like you know that's like right uh-huh. Isn't that what you there's got to be somebody who's messed with that and made it like the end the beginning or the beginning, of the end, you know sure, some way it's got to be out <laughs> there. Anyways, yeah, this is, no, that's, I mean, I can't, I, I agree with you, sometimes the Dutch design is too much for me, like, it gets in the way, and I, we just did Paul Graham's The Present, I don't know if you've seen that, Yeah, I and that one yeah. just gets too convoluted for me. Hmm. I, there's a lot of problems with that book, but I don't want to It's go too back. big for you, you mean, or, yeah, I don't know, like, too many gatefolds, uh-huh. not enough good pictures, yep. and then it's just kind of...
0: What about oh, the new the newer little one? Do you like it I the- didn't
1: I didn't like that show. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, I guess we're not gonna have Paul Graham on any <laughs> <Nah. soon. laughs> Well it wasn't crazy about the show. I mean I am a big Paul Graham fan. I like a lot of the stuff he did. I think it's amazing and he's one of those guys that's constantly pushing ideas and he's conceptual based. But the downfall is that it's like, I get the concept, see what you're trying to do, and I don't think you executed it, you know. What what do you want me to say? It doesn't mean I don't think you're a good artist, but you know, and I'm sure, you know, somebody at his level at this point is like, what does he care? What, some talk show hostess, but you know, <laughs> oh, we all have feelings. We, we all, have all have we feelings, all yeah, this is harsh criticism from the <laughs> LPV show. No, going after Paul Graham of all people, come on, it's <laughs> not, cool. not like you're picking on some up and comer. But you also brought so, uh, Luke Delahi, yeah, you know, this is a for some reason, this is a pretty well known book,
0: right? It, it's a it, it's well, a, I mean, it's fine, and it's a bigger publisher, mm-hmm. this one sort of is known more, but it's another so that other reason why I've been really into mm-hmm. small books is because I just feel. I've been less interested in like the massive, uh, large format photo right. book and, I, and 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 all that that means and all the baggage that that comes with, um, and I've been more interested in these small books that can fit in your pocket, right. that maybe make you think of a novel that you literally think of it being something that you would read and mm-hmm. put back in your pocket mm-hmm. that you might take on the subway with mm-hmm. you, because again it's that kinetic thing. I think you hold yeah. you hold something that you can hold in one hand and that, and you go like you know it just fits across your your, your hand. It, mm-hmm. You relate to it in a completely yeah. different way than, than when you have this massive thing that you have to turn the pages carefully.
1: And these tend, these are like, are denser with photos too. There tend to be a lot yeah, more photos be. in them. I don't know, I feel like these two, there's a lot of photos in them where you, bigger book, it's kind of, you know, you a really tight edit, but I like this, you know, this book has a lot of the full beads.
0: And I for, guess and for me too, I'd like the one of the things I've always I like the you know just the variations, like yes. the, the choices and different layouts and specifically like the end. and you know so I'm told that the story is that when this work was coming uh, together, uh, you know all the prints were in a box and he was showing it to people and at one point, he had some other work at the end of the, the box oh. you know that he also wanted to show, but it wasn't part of it. And somebody went through, and then they went through and kept going, and then they went through this whole set of you know pictures from the train window, and they said, "Oh, I love the ending." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I mean, again, that's my complete yeah. fabrication of the story, but that idea that you know you never know what's gonna work for an ending. Yeah, and also that there is something much more cinemagraphic or like a novel, or yeah. having another passage that's just this, you know, and these, it's like a very different sound. I love you
1: know? it. I love um, it. I mean, I think it's to me, it's like it's it's great, and I been trying to think about that a lot and looking at my work of like doing like mini sequences and going back to Fulford and raising how he used chapters mm-hmm. and how to so I feel like in the future I, I have these plans of something that's gonna be really intricate and like <laughs> dense with photos and I don't know mm-hmm. I just feel like the deeper I get into the bookmaking process the more I have to kind of engage with more ideas. Like I would I started doing my book dummies because I had to, I wanted to know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And like I'm not a designer, but I can edit my photos and I kind of do it. so like that was my training ground. I was like, listen, I'm just gonna do these. I get my own work and then you know, kind of see what happens from there. But the more I've gotten into it, the more I've looked at books it's just you know
0: and don't you find the moment you put it into a three-dimensional shape and you look at it you immediately see problems and successes oh mm-hmm. yeah like that you didn't see on the screen yeah i mean it's yeah. like i'm that's what i am i mean i'm constantly you know i'll be you know, like with this only ones the, mm-hmm. the number of, of maquettes or even i'll just do sort of like one signature 16 pages uh-huh. of it just to, changing the size a quarter inch or something to just sort of see how that or the type and it's just like the moment it's and i also just think the karmic like the, yeah the cutting it, putting it on the green board and yeah. taking out the knife and then getting the glue stick or the, you know, Jason and I were just talking about like rubber cement versus glue sticks <laughs> you know, the other day I'm like you're yeah. making something,
1: you know. Yeah, you guys yeah. are much more, I'm, I'm lazy, I just use You hit blurb, yeah, you yeah, hit a I button. Yeah, like, I just because to me yeah, it's, yeah. Like I, the craftiest part for you is when you're getting that four digit code from your credit card, yeah. card <laughs> to pay for it. Like, oh, let me find that. No, I'm you. really, I like but you can, so on the blurb software you have a lot of different options in Lightroom sure. or the book module and you can have yeah, the yeah. different Things so I like doing that and messing with the sequencing, but you know I, I maybe I'm just more like mechanistic or something where I oh, want no. it and or, just
0: or maybe you're more efficient.
1: Also, <laughs> be another
0: word because you like you hit a button and then three days later
1: it arrives. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And I'm like so it's just kind. Of, I kind of there's that impulse. It's like I want to. You see the idea in it. I'm not saying this is done, but you can. Can you see the idea? Oh no, and it like put it together. Yeah, you yeah. Can hand
0: it to somebody. This is what it is. Yeah. What is it? This is what. Yeah, it's a yeah,
1: and I did the first one on Skyway, and in my original edit, I had a lot of photos with people in them, and it was kind of I had a grander idea of like even between these two airports, is the world. This is Queens, and it's so diverse and crazy, and like so, I was mixing in a lot of more neighborhood and photos of people and putting that in. And when I showed that to people in the book, they universally said, "Get rid of that. Mm -hmm. Like the pictures are, the story is where the no people are in them. Like this empty New York, this empty area, and the more I looked at it and sat with it, I well, was it like... it sounds like
0: you're the protagonist rather than these other people. Exactly. We're like, <laughs> no, that's the problem.
1: Again, it was like I didn't want to do... I also didn't want to try to do something that was really grand and epic. I wanted to do like you are kind of walking, passing through, and you can't really tell this whole story of Queens anyway. Sure. So I was trying to hit like a note that I don't think I was capable mm-hmm. of doing. or. I, let me put it away. It would take a really long time to kind of get that perfect kind of candid photo that feels fleeting, but also kind of epic. So whatever, it didn't. It didn't work. I still have the photos, and I'm much happier that I removed them. But it was that once I, I had it in that book and I actually showed it to people and yeah. saw their reaction, and then it just clicked into me. It's like, yeah. yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. So like, I don't know. It's and it
0: wouldn't like, have. It, you would have gotten some of that feedback yeah. with a PDF, but I just think you don't. It's different. It's like you read it differently. You hold it. You go back and forth. You browse. You
1: yeah. And I also have this. So I have like three or four of them. And my idea is like I might just let them sit for a while. And like if I'm still excited about this in two years and I have some cash, maybe I'll do like a run of a hundred. Sure. Or maybe I'll show it. To somebody, you know, i and all- you can now. That's the
0: thing, yeah. too, is you really the choices for making those smaller runs, and that there even is an interest for those smaller runs yes. and, and a way of getting them to the hundred people who need them. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, they're out
1: there. I mean, that's what's awesome. I mean, it I used mean, to be these like
0: you know, small runs, and then who knows yeah. what happens to them, and
1: you know, yeah, that's where so we kind of just goes into the conversation about is it a photo book bubble or is it a boom or what are we doing? Like, that's sort of the meta conversation you hear online with the critics is mm-hmm. like. And I don't, I don't. To me, I I don't see it as a bubble. I mean, once you start digging into what a lot of these independent publishers are doing, is like they're the ones innovating. I mm-hmm. mean, that's just friend. My friend Olga, who's on the show, and she's literally knows everyone in New York City involved with photo books, and she's the most obsessed person with it. And she she's just like, you got to go to the indie publishers if you really want to see people taking chances. Sure. And to me, that's the whole point of. Kind of ha- using the internet and building these small communities, is it allows different voices, and you know. So I so don't. Ha- so
0: how do you feel when you go to the New York Art Book? i completely fair? overwhelmed. Yeah, it's exhausting.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's exhausting, and there's a lot of stuff, and it's like you, you're crammed in there, and you look into the book, and you can't really make a judgment in it yeah. really that fast. So, you know,
0: but that said, like the only thing that I do, uh, I get super exhausted really quickly. And then I, you know, I consider buying a few things and then I usually don't or maybe I do or maybe I buy the wrong thing or who knows whatever. There's like there's a whole mixture of like it reminds me of being at like a baseball card shows when I was (laughs) 14 or something. (laughs) But you I do feel that you really there's lots of books you look at that, you know, are not for you. But, like, you look around the room and you're like, somebody here really yeah. wants this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're probably here today. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's, uh, and, and it's also, it is the label thing. Yeah. It's like you, you understand, like, you know, like you said, you have your friend who really, you know, he's he or she is really into J&L yeah, books. Yeah, yeah, or, like, yeah, you know, yeah. you want to, like, uh, you know, you start to like Motown, so you listen to more Motown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I
1: mean? And that's, uh, I think there's, that's interesting. That's a great analogy. Yeah. I mean, to me, I'm, I've stopped. I'm not really interested in trying to figure it out. It's like these it's these encounters with these books. When I have them um, here, maybe it's a poor reason to have a podcast this is for me to like get my photo book fixed. Yeah. I don't know, but I I think like that when Blake Andrews talks a lot a mm-hmm. lot about this too, of like cultivating your own kind of like weird taste in photo books and mm-hmm. random encounters with them. And I think he's really onto something that way. Cause you know how old are some of these books? Like, yeah. I could f- get a book from 1965 tomorrow that could change my life. Yep. You know, so there's no reason it has to be like. Well, right, I just now, know. now, now. And now.
0: also, like my like my dream for this book is like, and part of like what it, another one of the books that it was inspired by were the are these like really weird art books from like the mm. 20s and 30s. It's like the internet before the internet. You know what I mean? <laughs> like meaning like they're like this big, yeah. the hardcover. They have like 12 paintings by like you know, Picasso in yeah. them, like reproduced in four color with like a little thing. And you could maybe find it at a bookstall like <laughs> yeah. on the Seine for, you know, five euros because it's like, but it's just, you know, like I, my dream is that this would end up like beat up yeah, yeah, in exactly. one of those like Parisian <laughs> bookstalls and that some, you know, young yeah. soul would find it and it would speak to them, you know, yeah, or whatever. 100%. You know? But, mean, that's, yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's just... Uh, you never know like where you find the books that that do something for yeah, you and, you know, and it, it, there's fewer and fewer places to browse them that's the thing so it's like encounters like this you know you got to see these whereas you yeah. know the bookstores and the places where we used to go to sort of uh you know find these things you know i mean i i, I know you interviewed ken Schles and that mm-hmm. whole sort of like the, like the, his little lineage of a connection to the strand is was really interesting to hear mm-hmm. there and just how many people have passed through there uh you know charlie who's like the one of the Old school guys at the Strand too. Like I, when he's there, I always go out to him and go like, you know, so what's in the secret shelf? <laughs> you know, because there's this like shelf of secret things. Really? That like have well, they're not even they're not even value. It's just the it's the uh, really weird things that still come through that net. Nice. You know, and they're not, but they're just to see something that you know is. Wow. Yeah, it's a, is you gotta. This? I feel like, like you
1: have to look at it as like it's an adventure. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't if. Okay, fine. There's some collectors out there that they're gonna have to go and buy. Two copies of So Songbook there. Like I want it because I've been following the project and I want the books and you know. Well like what he's doing. But like to me mostly it's it's these weird finds that you why did you pick this book off? Like, man, now I like it. And I guess maybe I'm Kind of selfish as an artist, it's like I want the ones that are going to inspire me for my own art, <laughs> of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, necessarily, there where I'm like, Oh, gotta well, that's the
0: this what's this, you know, again, like we, we all live in New York too, so there's yeah. a certain moment, like, and you've got only so many linear feet of bookshelf, so it's like, when do you start <laughs> deciding to sort of like, yeah, clear some way and just choose those? What are the books that I really want to live with? That I I go back, that I think I might go back to in the next ten years, once you know, think about and and get something from. Sometimes you don't know though, too. That's what's really weird. How
1: often do you pull books off your shelf and look at them?
0: I mean, not enough, but I Uh I do it uh, when I'm teaching. Every Mm -hmm. class, I bring at least two books to every class, and that's like, and that's I actually really enjoy that part because I'll just look up at the shelf and I'll pull something off that I Mm -hmm. haven't looked at in a really long time, you know. And I try to have them be maybe you know combinations of things that sort of do something together, Mm -hmm. you know, like these two books I have brought together. Uh, in the past, because I think they talk about small books, and and mm-hmm. uh, and I mean, there's different conversations that can be had with both of these, but just literally that scale thing. Yeah, like, don't think that yeah. your book needs to be this big thing. Um, or sometimes I'm pulling off things that are kind of prescriptive that I think a certain student would respond mm-hmm. to. So that's really, I mean, that's what's exciting of of being able to like put these objects on the table and do what we're doing right now, yeah. as opposed to being like, let's look this up, you know, <laughs> and then project it on a. It's yeah, just totally different. Yeah. Um, and the way people huddle around a book when it's being looked at—somebody's yeah. driving—it's everything about it is more uh, compelling. I yeah, don't know. It's yeah, just that's a, that's weird. you know, it's hot and cool. I mean, you know, the, everybody looking up at the same screen or huddle around a computer or an iPhone—it's just—it's not. Hmm. Uh, it's just—it's not the same, it's <laughs> it's not not the same the, thing. Yeah, it's
1: not. The no, same there's thing. Really, only There are uh, the ten by ten photo book people have organized three photo book salons mm-hmm. now. I'll have to get you on to mm-hmm. see that. So, like, they bring in a couple of publishers, they yep. talk about the books, and it's 35 people in the room. Classic way of looking at art, of course. Right? You know, yeah, the yeah. salon, and it works really well for the photo yep. books. So it's, you know, I, I think people, especially, like, if you're not in a big city like New York, okay? I mean, there's, here there's ample opportunity sure. to see art and photo books. But if you're in a smaller city where there's not a lot of people maybe doing photo books, I think those type of salons is really where they should, like, take -hmm. take hold and people should really kind of use that way because I just think like everyone has such if they're photo book collectors or even photographer, and they're buying a lot of books they just everyone has their kind of unique Mm -hmm. set of books and I think that's where you kind of get that weird mixing of tastes that I think is very contemporary Mm -hmm. and it's kind of facilitated by the internet as well too Mm -hmm. where you have this blending of sensibilities and genre and tropes and all these different things so it's you know, I think there is a little bit of an internet networking influence as well, too. You know, uh, we're we'll just seeing where... So that's Ricardo Casas now. Mm-hmm. And he's he's a photographer. He did the first one with, like, the pigeons that were all painted. I don't know if you ever saw that. Movie. I didn't. And it was, I haven't seen that one, but that's kind of made him really famous. And then this one is his new one, which is a Pigeons map. that he painted? I don't, I don't know the full story <laughs> behind it. I'm probably <laughs> making it up, but they were, like, very colorful pigeons uh-huh. or somehow. Maybe it was from a... Some festival or something going on. Somebody should correct me, I hope. But, but this was his new one put out by Mac, and it's kind of the same thing. Very small book, thirty-five millimeter yeah, guy, wand, you know, wandering mm-hmm. around. And um, this one, to me, why a? It's just the nice colored composition, and it's just he's. I don't know. Like there's something about that kind of where he's showing an alternative reality to. You know this the places that he's living here, and I also just like that it's one photo sure. on each side yeah, too, yeah, yeah. and it kind of try to turn those those thirty five millimeter photos maybe into something bigger, but mm-hmm. then you also have a nice long sequence mm-hmm. too. I don't know. It's it's one of those things that books that made me feel really good about thirty five millimeter kind of snap observational snapshot photos again.
0: So how do you feel it's different than if or a Tumblr?
1: Than if this was, um, I really think like. And from what I've read is, like, the specificity of the sequencing. Mm-hmm. That it, The more you kind of go through it, you start to pick up subtle things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not there yet. Hin Chua again, had a big rant on this, on why this book is so special. Um, and he really comes down to the sequencing. Mm-hmm. And I guess there is, like, a political overtones to what's going on with Spain and the mm-hmm. uh, economic crisis that's going on there. So there's a lot of stuff going on. It's one of those, but it's a recent acquisition. Sure. Too, so I'm wanting to see a new the album. album. Yeah, you're, you're still
0: playing it, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it yeah. was really, it kind of changed my idea again of, hey, a smaller book with 35 sure. and then keeping the photos on the top third of the page, mm-hmm. too, which I liked as well.
0: The negative space does a whole thing, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? Because, I mean, I, I do think you could take these pictures and put them in the same sequence on a right. Tumblr or something or have it be a slideshow. and, But the specific way the color palette would play out is different. Like yeah. just touching the paper, the scale, it's just, it's a different thing. And I yeah. also, it's like that thing I talked about before, you know, it's, you do, I feel like you do interpret Mm -hmm. it the way you've been taught to read a novel. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? As opposed to the way you've been taught to shop online. You know what I mean? It's just like a different, like, practice. It's a more engaging experience instead of being passive. Yeah.
1: And I just feel like, I don't know, the way he sees, I feel like the way I try to see maybe Mm -hmm. on some of that stuff, Mm -hmm. just those, you know, observations Mm -hmm. and walks in the street or what have you, he does it really well (laughs) you know what I mean and like he has a very specific picture and it kind of works all together and there's something animating about the stuff so it's you know but this is one it's a MacBook too so a lot of those you know pretty big these days and it's one of those impulse buys I've been on a lot of impulse buys recently Well, the mm-hmm. problem
0: with these books now is that if you don't buy them when you have the impulse, they're gone when you come back a week right. later. Like, if you sleep on it, you're like, you know, like, I kind of wanted that. Like yeah. You're better off just buying it and then reselling <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <Like>, that's true. <laughs> like, and you might make $20 along yeah. the way or something. You know, and that's something that is <laughs> like just, really weird. <laughs> yeah.
1: That is this whole other weird thing is, like, I all the photo books I have, I still have, and it never dawned on me, like, maybe I, if I'm not looking at something, just sell it? Because people do that all the time. And man. somebody wants that. Yeah, yeah. Like they could want the book, and it's because I, I yeah. see people post ads it, like I'm selling some photo books, and yeah, they, yeah. there's like ten of them. I'm like, why are you selling that book? <laughs> what is wrong with you, man? They're done. They're I done with I don't, it. I haven't played it for years. Yeah, yeah. it's just like. But uh, would you? We really. I guess it's music. Like there's certain music you just don't listen to anymore. No. I guess. No. Yeah. But even if you want to go back and listen to some classic rock, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, you might want to. I mean, i I agree with you. I mean, that's the thing. If you get rid of it, it will be gone. You won't get it back. Yeah. You know? um, you know, I. You know how I learned my lesson, maybe not to do that, is when I was a teenager. Um, <clears throat> we got really into the Beastie Boys, and like we got the first album, we got the second album. Where are you? Where? And how, where are you this from? This was maybe in the early '90s from Minnesota, Saint uh-huh. Cloud. So mm-hmm. we got into the Beastie Boys, and after the third album or something, we decided that we hated the Beastie Boys, and we went and sold the CDs, and like we're getting done with the Beastie Boys, and then they released like another album. And all of a sudden, we're like, the Beastie Boys are awesome. So Which it, one was it? Check your head. Check came out. your head. Made. Okay, no, that's yeah. the one that like it just
0: like it was different, and everybody got got, got yeah. into it again. I, and I went, remember having like a couple of those songs <laughs> on repeat. For, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, yeah. So I went back, and I ended up rebuying all the Beastie Boys because <laughs> I was like, now I'm into them again. So it was like from then on, like don't sell your stuff because you just never know if you're gonna get back. Well, into it's it. your history too, right? Yeah. I mean,
0: no, I mean, all of us who are into books, you go to somebody's house. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're into photo books or literature, whatever. Like. You know, you check out like, oh like, so what you know, <laughs> yeah. what do you got here? Like, oh, that's probably from college. You've never read that. Maybe you read that. Like I, I don't know. You're just like mm-hmm. it's that it's who you are. It's hard to yeah. I mean you get I mean you made a decision because you didn't want that to be a part of you anymore. So you yeah. you said that's not who I am.
1: And it's right. but then you decided. Like I don't think I would and, show but, anyone my novels, you know. Yeah. That's that's a different thing. That's a scary thing. It's so, Especially when you see Tumblr's from people. It's like, don't talk to anyone that has Bukowski, Kerouac, and Hunter S. Thompson on the <laughs> <Trouble>. shelf. <laughs> trouble, trouble. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh man, but that was me. Why are you <laughs> making me feel so horrible? Because I'm uneducated or what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, those. I'm a little more self-conscious about. Them the books I have on my shelf. Or like well, I think there's a John books. Waters
0: line, too, that, like... Uh, oh, yeah, about yeah. dating Like, someone. if you go to somebody's house, yeah. like, don't fuck anybody who doesn't <laughs> <Yeah>. have books. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of yeah. like, you know, that's kind of accurate. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: so now I'm just like, you know, I think I can put together a decent photo book shelf now where it's like, oh, there's some weird stuff. And I've had people send me Are you going to have people over now? They can look at the shelf? No, I don't know. Like that's another. I need a good apartment. I mean, I'm like feel yeah. like six years in and now. This, this is the guy whose
0: house we're in right now. Like who's, that's been converted. Yeah. He's well, Tom has. G- Tom yeah. has a
1: great apartment. Are you trying to kick us out? You no, to, like, no, you no, you no, 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 no. Just giving you, giving you grief. I wish. I I've would. never seen the. In- I don't. I don't even know where you live. What? I live in a store. <laughs> Oh, it's like oh, yeah. Meet me out front. Just the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know that deal. I had a no. friend like that in high school. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: No, I don't. I don't really just think nobody wants to come to a story. It's the problem. Oh, I mean, I was. We're just yeah. gonna get lost. That's the problem. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I. But I think now it's I'm in that New York kind of hustle. Of like, ah, oh, maybe if I just get a little bit better apartment, I make a little bit more money at work. I think get a little bit it better apartment. Ends. And it never ends, you know. <laughs> so I don't know. The cover's so curious. It's such yeah. a. Uh,
0: the cover is such an abstraction. It feels like one of these, uh, you know, intercessions. You mm. know, the, yeah. that's that's so common now. Yeah. People sort of adding something to a picture or cutting it up and putting it back together.
1: Right, and it's another thing with this book too. Is like I can just go through it and like just like the pictures, but then I read up and like I guess there is all these other kind of like political undertones, and he has this, you know, way of looking at it, kind of like the way sometimes photos can work that way too, where it's like. Yeah, if you want to read into it or Mm -hmm. do it, it's all there. But if they just want to look at the nice pictures, I can do that too, you know?
0: I like this decision too, just
1: making that recede. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice book. It is good. I'm glad I bought it. um, It was the last one I bought before I went on my uh, photo book uh, spending freeze.
0: You you shut it down.
1: I had to shut it down.
0: (laughs) What was the last one you
1: bought? Well, it was. I think I finally got So Songbook. Oh. Which is a good book. I mean, I'm glad I have that one. Yeah. Because that feels, you know, you know, we'll talk about that in a different episode, but that really feels like, the to me, that feels like the book Soth always wanted to make, really, mm-hmm. like who he really wanted to be for some reason. And he, he made it. And plus, he's riffing on evidence. Mm-hmm. Book evidence Absolutely, a lot on yeah. that. And I feel very strongly about that book, too. So I was like, oh, man. Self's kind of an asshole. He's that good, you know? He just is. <laughs> he's got he he's got the chops. He can shoot black and white with a with the, the Hasselblad digital, and he's out shooting large format. He's yeah. doing all these weird little zines. Yeah. He's on Snapchat. I mean, he's just, you got to give it to the guy. Yeah. I don't know. So but who, he, who but you? he
0: smiles. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. He, there's, there's joy there, and yeah. he loves the medium, and... Uh, you sense that yeah. too. And there's, you know, it's serious, but there's just, there's a lot of play there too, which I think is, uh, I mean, that's what I appreciate. Yeah. It's oh, like, absolutely. You know, like you think of that whole magnum world and it gets kind of cut up in different ways. Mm-hmm. And it would make sense that, like, you know, like I kind of imagine him more in the par sphere like, yeah. than in the, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the grumpy, you know, side. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but, uh, no, he's
1: 100% <laughs> definitely engaged with, you know, I think it's important. There's some people that just want, photography to kind of be where it all, always has been and that's fine and there's other people that just see a lot of opportunity in what's going on and they fully embrace it you mm-hmm. know i don't you know i try not to get too judgmental but i tend to want to be in that camp that's like oh yes there's a lot going on this is exciting rather well
0: than I, so I just i'm not you know it's the storytelling that's mm-hmm. interesting to me you know I'm I you know I love being a photographer I love making pictures you know I don't really care about equipment that much I don't you know I, I have loads of heroes who are you know capital P photographers but mm-hmm. at the end of the day it's it's about trying to feel something see something mm-hmm. and then transmit that to an audience and uh, I mean I think that's very much at you know at play in a lot of that work that salt's been doing right. you know it's storytelling yeah. you know and then also I think again talking about J and l it's like each one of these things there's a consistency of of, of uh, of really trying to transmit, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> which I think is, is is interesting and important. You know, it's like you can get too bogged down about it. is it a good picture, or a bad picture, and it's like, well, you know, this one's good, that one's bad. But when you, what about when it's all together? What what's the larger endeavor? How does it all play as an orchestra, and what does that sound like? Um, and and what's the takeaway from that? I mean, that's and, and that's what I think I keep trying to figure out next, especially with these, you know, these you know, you said yourself, you know, you make these pictures in the street, you don't know if it's adding up. It's is it just practice? Is it just the calisthenics? Like am I just waiting till I have five years of pictures from one neighborhood and then I'm gonna pick the round up the, the twenty six best ones and say, hey, here it is. Or is there a, a larger story that
1: you're trying to tell? You know? Well you know what? I think we're gonna let the audience chew on that. That's a very good way to end it, Gus. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah thank you very much. It was a pleasure, it was a pleasure. Thanks again for joining us. You can go behind the scenes of this episode, see the work of our guests, and the photos we discussed by visiting our Tumblr and LPVShow.com. The LPV Show is executive produced by Brian Formals and co-produced by Tom Starkweather and Eddie Volanti. Our score is by Tom Starkweather, who also mixes the show. Thanks again for listening.